Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Otaku Susume, or Recommendations from My Otaku Spouse. I'm Wesley. And I'm Jen. So let's get started. So in an odd twist, this time, Jen had a recommendation... Recommendation? Recommendation for me! (laughs) Yeah, I recommended to you Penguin Highway. Um, Penguin Highway is an award-winning novel by Moremi uh, Tonehiko. But Jen, I don't read. Yeah, I'm getting to that. Okay. He also wrote um, Night is Short, Walk on Girl, The Adventures of Saintly Slacker, and Night Train. And I made Wes watch the 2018 anime adaptation, directed by Ishida Hiroyasu. Who would I know that from? Um, probably not much, unless you're a, a super geeky otaku, who you are, but I don't think you've seen any of his other stuff. But I am a super geeky otaku. Yeah, that's why I'm kind of shocked by this. But um, yeah, Ishida has also worked on animated shorts, um, directing acclaimed like very short animations such as Fastening Days, Hinata no Aoshigaru, and Paulette's Chair. So this is his first full feature film. And in a twist then, I have seen one of those. Oh, you have? I did. I saw the Paulette's Chair one because right. that was part of the Young Animators training project and I watched those. Yes. So he hasn't animated a lot and yet he was put as a director for this pretty acclaimed movie. Did he do, like, usually when people are getting up to this, they'll do, like, single episode directings for anime, or they'll do... No. Keyframes, or... No, it seems like everything he's worked on has been um, uh, short animations that he has kind of spearheaded. So you're saying that Miyazaki wouldn't like him? No, because at least he has worked... It seems he's also done, like, the artwork and keyframes for all the stuff that he did do. So he's kind of worked from the bottom up. But I was, I mean, he wasn't given it, like, Miyazaki's son. But that's a whole other kettle of fish. Started from the bottom, now we're here. (laughs) So I watched Penguin Highway in the cinema in Japan when I was here in 2018 with a friend. And we actually saw Mirai no Mirai, directed by Hosoda Mamoru, of... Boy and Beast and Wolf Children fame. And although Mirai no Mirai was pushed way more in Japan and I could be the West because of um, the director's not infamousy, famousy? His famousness? Because I don't think famousy is a word. It's, well, if infamousy is a word, then why not famousy? It's a word now. Because infamous and famous, famously, not famously. English. So it was pushed way more, uh, Mirai no Mirai was pushed way more in Japan and the West because of his famousy. And (laughs) however, I felt that Penguin Highway was infinitely better than Mirai no Mirai. And I will probably rant, like show where's Mirai no Mirai and rant about that another time. So I won't rant about it now. Oh, for Mamoru Hosoda, I've, I really liked, um... Uh, Bokurano War Game, his Digimon movie. Mm. And Summer Wars is my in my top five favorite films of all time. And Summer Wars is fantastic. I love it, even if it's very similar to Bokurano War Game. Um, and until you just mentioned it, I forgot that he was responsible for Wolf Children. Yep. Because I saw that, and then it just never really made an impact, and I forgot about it. Really? I cried like three times in that movie. 
I don't know. It didn't. It obviously didn't stick with me because when I was when you were saying, I was like, oh, right, that was him. Yeah. Uh, but I, I really like Boy and the Beast, so. I think Boy and the Beast had a weak ending, but I mean, we could. True, but we're not here to talk we're about, about We're not talking about him. Yeah. Penguin Highway. Yeah. Um, so when, of course, Penguin Highway came out on Blu-ray in Japan, I had to get it, and I had to show you it because it's amazing. So a bit of backstory. We have gone to numerous stores to check out their DVD racks where Jen's going around looking for this movie, and we could not find it because the weirdest thing about Japanese stores is that when you go looking for something specific, it's not there and you end up having to order it online. Yeah, I think that's just our luck. It's happened with this movie. It's happened with multiple books. That's true. but We, we are also cursed. Have... <laughs> We're just unlucky. But... It did show up in the mail. It did. It showed up in the mail after I ordered it online. So if you've never seen Penguin Highway, I think it's best you go into it knowing absolutely nothing. Zero. Nothing at all. And although we're not going to spoil the ending, um, there will be spoilers for the movie. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about plot and yeah, characters plot because and characters. that's not kind of important. But we'll keep, we'll keep away from... Like major spoilers. Yeah. But... I do recommend going into it, watching, like, knowing absolutely nothing. So um, if you haven't seen it and you're interested, I suggest going, watching it and coming back. If you don't mind spoilers, um, then, yeah, keep listening. Yeah, on that vein, I did come into this knowing absolutely nothing. Yep. The only thing I knew about Penguin Highway was the name, was that Jen had gone to see it last year, and I had seen one of the posters for it. So, as somebody who knew absolutely nothing about this movie, what did you expect based on your limited knowledge? Oh, I had no expectations whatsoever. Hey, that's I, always good. I mean, it's a Japanese movie, so a coming-of-age story is kind of to be expected. Because there's two styles of Japanese movies. One's about kids, which are about coming-of-age. Or ones that are about adults, which are usually more of the let's-have-an-adventure-and-show-off-cool-shit. Really, I, th- I normally think. Oh, and then there's mm, historical dramas. <laughs> I normally think that movies about adults are about basically romance, finding someone to marry. I guess yeah, it's the adult ones are seem to be more. I mean, well, romance is an adventure of its own. Just look at us. <laughs> an adventure, three, more like a tragedy. Three continents and counting, dear. <laughs> um, but no, it is. You know, when you're drama adventure whatever not getting into historical things so when i was coming into this knowing it's an anime knowing it's about a kid and knowing it's not about a kid who's witnessed a horrible murder and having to go through time to solve it are you sure i'm pretty (laughs) sure yeah um then you know it's going to be coming of age and that's what movie is that the other option for japanese kids movies i mean that could be erased that could be Somewhat sort of the Nino Kuni movie we just watched. Uh, yeah. Uh, no spoilers, you can tell that from the trailer. But, no, so yeah, coming into this, when you, when you get, you, especially when it's critically acclaimed, when you get a critically acclaimed movie, especially an anime that's Japanese, it's about kids, it's a coming-of-age story. Which this kind of was. Kind of, but with many twists. Yeah, but I mean, it's about, but it is about mainly about the main character growing. Yes. So, what was there anything that particularly surprised you about this movie? Considering you went in 
vaguely expecting it to be a coming of age story. I think having no expectations whatsoever left me more open to whatever was going to happen. Mm. So for instance, most of this is set in the suburb of, I believe an unnamed Japanese city. I don't know if they ever really nope. tell you where it is. It you're is a, city a, you're in a suburb somewhere. You're not even really in the city. It's definitely more of the outlying area, but not full Inaka yet. And I think, I think if I had known, more of the setting, like the look of the characters and the setting, just how fantastic it gets would have been more of a surprise. Because a lot of movies, Western, Eastern, whatever, will usually have some sort of fantastical elements. I mean, look at something like Dumbo. Dumbo, the main premise is, of course, an elephant with giant ears that can fly. But that's about as fantastic as it gets. When you get to the really weird stuff, like the whole pink elephant sequence, that's a dream sequence. It doesn't actually happen. It's Dumbo gets drunk and has a weird trip. And so I think if I had known the setting, and then based on the poster that I'd seen, which is also the cover of our DVD box, which shows some of the main characters riding on a wave of penguins, I would have expected it to be more like that or more like Mary Poppins where it's more grounded and then weird things happen. But there wasn't that separation in this movie that I found is that you don't, it, it's not a dream sequence or it's not a drunken vision or it's not the nanny slipped the kids drugs. <laughs> they just weave the fantastical with the real without a separation which I think would have surprised me if I'd known more, but because I didn't, as it happened, I was kind of like, okay, let's roll with it. Fair enough. Well, actually, this, like, the way you're talking about it makes it sound like a fantasy. However... You just described it as science fiction. Yeah. And I, it's I, didn't, obviously, I, did, I didn't describe it as science fiction. Didn't you say it was a science fiction novel at the beginning? Uh, I don't think I did. What I was about to say is that it's a science fiction novel. <laughs> and I would disagree with that. Because it won a science fiction award in 2010. Yeah, well... That's what I mentioned before we started recording. I think you remembered that. <laughs> oh, well. Darn my memory. Oh, it's but too good. I, I think... I think the term science fiction is getting somewhat watered down. And I would definitely put this as fantasy because when you look at classic science fiction it's talking it's more like hard science that you'll have an adventure with so when, when i think of science fiction i almost think of more like a michael crichton thriller where something like jurassic park mm. where they they're taking science and pushing it past the boundaries of what we can currently do and making it weird or um i know you're currently reading the expanse that would be more science fiction to me. Well, that's because it's based in space. No, I don't even care if it's based in space. I just, I think that for me, science fiction is more of a basis in reality or just actual science, whereas fantasy is, you don't need that basis. And a lot of times people say fantasy and they think swords and sorcery, but I think fantasy can be anything that you're not trying to nail down. And it's weird that I say that because in this movie, the kid the whole time is trying to come up with experiments and observations for the weirdness that's happening around him. But I never feel that, you know, he, they never, 
they do they like like measure things there's a giant ball of water that they measure the size of here and there and there's a bit where they try to make like an exploratory vehicle to go explore inside of it that was really cute but they never try to explain what's happening they never try to ground it in some way which is why to me it seems more fantastical Mm, i guess that makes sense I, I think when you first go into this and you're introduced to the penguins and then weird stuff kind of starts to happen, I think when I first watched it, I, th- watched it, I thought it was a fantasy as well. Or at least fantastical. Yeah. But then once you know the ending, I think that's what ties it into being more of a sci-fi. Not that we're going to tell you what the ending is, but... Perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> the introduction to the penguins is the best part. Because at that That's point, so cute. at that point, nothing weird has happened yet. You have a kid; he's going to school, and all he sees some of his classmates stopping, looking across the road, and he turns and he looks, and there's just a crowd of penguins hanging out in an open field. And again, this is a suburb, suburb somewhere, and there's penguins in a field, which could sound kind of fantastical, but I mean, every Japanese zoo I've been to has had a penguin exhibit. And the next scene is you see a guy in a uniform marching his little convict penguins into a truck. <laughs> and so at that point, nothing weird has happened. It's, it's, so it's kind of like, did a bunch of penguins escape from a zoo? Is this guy returning them to the zoo? What's going on? Then, you know, weird things start happening. Penguins start showing up in places they shouldn't. Penguins start disappearing from places they shouldn't. And so that's, you know, it's not, it's not just in its sudden, let's flip a switch and everything goes crazy. It definitely feels like it ramps up, which I think it does well. A good story, you know, will kind of build up to the climax. And in this, the characters build up to their own climax over their story. But at the same time, the weirdness builds up as well. That's a really good point. And I really like how they did that because it's, it happens concurrently, but it's not tied to each other, I think. Mm. Barring one character in specific. I mean, everything, all the weirdness is very much tied to Onesan. So Onesan, for those who haven't seen the film, uh, is the, like, a dental assistant who uh, the protagonist, Aoyama, has a crush on. He's in Shogaku. He's in elementary school. Yeah, I'm not sure which grade. Yeah, so he's quite young and he has, like, this (laughs) hilarious, weird obsession with boobs. And he's, like, clearly starting puberty earlier than most kids would. Yeah. I mean, it's not, like, an overwhelming obsession with boobs. He's just started no. noticing them. Yeah. And there's, there's some really great lines. I think Hamamoto's got more of a hang-up about boobs than he does. Mm-hmm. Ao- Aoyama? The main no, character? I, I think uh, Hamamoto. Oh, Hamamoto, the, I think she's the got girl. More, like, he's got this thing where he's, like, boobs. There are different types of poops. Well, I like them different. But Hamamoto really seems to have a hang-up on boobs. Uh, I think she's just more upset that Aoyama likes a particular pair that's not hers. Yes. Or rather the human that they're attached to. Yes. Um, so his ha- like for boobs and his like for her have nothing to do with it. <laughs> Though, uh, I guess one quick thing also out of the way is that we watched this movie in Japanese from a Japanese Blu-ray without subtitles. So... I have no idea what some of these characters are called or how things... I mean, I assume the basic names stay the same, but I'm going to assume they're also not calling her Nechan the whole movie. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I have no idea what they do call her. I think they might just call her Nechan, who knows? I wonder how they tackled that in the... 
Hmm. We'll have to find out. Yeah. But the interesting thing actually is that there are only like uh, seven major characters in the whole movie. Like not even major characters, but just seven characters. So it keeps it pretty nicely tied together. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, a couple of background characters that show up all the time. Suzuki's got his goons. Yeah. Aoyama has his family, but other than his dad, you don't really focus on him much. Yeah. So you have, like, Aoyama, who's the main character, his best friend, Uchida, the girl um, from school who kind of starts hanging out with them, or rather, they start hanging out with her. She's a transfer student. Oh, no. (laughs) And then you've got One-san, who's the dental assistant, Suzuki, who's the school bully, uh, Aoyama's dad, and Hamamoto's dad. And those are pretty much the only major characters that you are introduced to, which I think is great because it really means that they get to focus on the characters and how they're interacting with the story rather than overcomplicating things with too many people. And for the most part, out of the characters you just named, it focuses on the kids. Yes. This is about the kids, first and foremost. And I think, you know, you get to see changes in most of the kids as well. That's true. Yeah, all of them all of them grow based on the experiences that they have. Which is good. So what, did you have any particularly favorite moments from the movie? Oh, well, I already mentioned one. Um, when the penguins are rounded up in the field and marched into the truck, I said they look like a bunch of convicts because they have they have got all their fins pointed at the sky and they're marching lockstep in there and oh, it's adorable. It's adorable. <laughs> the way the penguins are drawn and animated in this movie I mean, for a movie called Penguin Highway, you better hope they do a good job with the penguins. And (laughs) they absolutely do. They are one of the cutest things I've seen on screen in a long time. Wow. I really, really like the penguins in this. Oh, good. I I was not expecting that kind of reaction. I've always liked penguins anyway. But just, I mean, there were just little things. It's, there's a spit when the penguin gets chased by the cat also. That was really cute. And then it kind of falls in the river and it's lying there flat on his back. And he goes, oh, wait, I can swim. And boom, it gets away from the cat. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, that was, that was, I really like how the penguins were done. Oh, there's a bit where um, the cat, the penguin, like a horde of penguins attacks the bullies. And they're like, go, like slap them around and trample over their faces. Yeah, that was good. That was hilarious. I love it. swarm of penguins come in. Um when Onechan marshals the penguin hordes and they're kind of standing behind her staring down the police and then she kind of goes all right and they go they all like stand to attention stand to attention and then swarm the police that was cute <laughs> i think if you haven't seen this film you've got you probably turned around and be like wait what the hell yeah as i said you know it kind of starts not the fantasticalness builds up and so by the time you get down to Penguin Hit Squads, it's built up pretty far <laughs> at that point. Penguins versus police. And that's not even as far as it goes. It gets weirder. Um, I, yeah, I, there's a, there's a bit right after that, which is kind of what the main poster is that I saw when they're kind of riding on a swarm of penguins and the town turns into an M.C. Escher drawing. <laughs> and I didn't care for that part as much. That might have been a step too far for me. How far That enough. might have been my bridge too far. Um, I, was, I was about to ask you, was there anything that you disliked from this movie? I liked how they kind of did that whole part, 
with the idea. I liked what was going on storyline-wise. Um, and when you look at it animation-wise, you can definitely see the connection to some of the short works, like the chair oh, yeah. work that he did. It feels very similar to that in that scene. Yeah, the Blu-ray includes like a collection, like a short advert for his previous animated shorts, and you can see elements from pretty much all of those summed up in Penguin Highway. Yeah. Um, I just... I don't know. It was very clean. The whole movie is very clean and very well animated. That scene, though, where it's just all swirling left and right, and they're riding a swarm of penguins or whatever, didn't do as much for me. And I think part of that was because it was almost, at that point, too much fantasticalness in the real world. Because that's right as they're about to go into kind of this other alternate world but they haven't yet so when you have weird things like the tree or the mailbox that were just cut off and you can see weird almost like artifacts still attached to them like a rendering problem someone had rendered something wrong but it's not on purpose for the movie it's not an actual rendering problem you know that's kind of like this intrusion of another space and i thought it worked you know that kind of worked well but then it, it went very quickly from that to just the other space being the real world, which I thought was felt uh, almost, it almost came on too quickly for me at that point. Well, it was kind of the conclusion of, it was kind of the ending of the movie. So. Yeah, no, it was, it was built, it was built up to, I just, it, I, I almost think it was overdone. Mm, fair enough. Too much spice in my curry. <laughs> I thought you like spicy curry. I do, but it has to accentuate the flavor, not be the flavor. Fair enough. That said, right afterwards, when they kind of have their Evangelion beach scene and they wake up on a raft made of penguins in an endless lake, <laughs> I like that. And the sky is red, and she's like, I hate you, and he's like, ah, oh, crap. No, that's Evangelion to... again. Oh, right, sorry. <laughs> so, uh, did you have any favorite characters? Oh, favorite characters. Besides, besides the penguins, I mean human characters. Well, how are you making it difficult? No, no, it was uh, Best Friend Uchida. I really liked um, the Uchida character. The main character doesn't really show enough emotion, I think. Yeah, I feel like he, whether it was intentional or not, either in the original story, is that he feels um, a little on the spectrum. In oh, that definitely, he, definitely, definitely. He doesn't know... Well, he knows how to interact with people, and he has friends, but he says things without thinking about it. Because to him, it's, like, obvious. Why wouldn't you tell someone that you like them if you like them? That just doesn't make any sense. So he just tells them for them. And it's, like, that's breaking social taboos. Um, and on the flip side, he's incredibly smart. So I think it is hard to relate to him. But it's, it's a weird twist because people. at the same time, like, every time he's talking to Onachan, he's always trying to hide his feelings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's no, always it like, are you crying? I'm not crying. <laughs> that's a back and forth that happens, like, four times, five times during the movie. Yeah. But that's that's him dealing with his own emotions and trying to work out what they are, and also the fact that he just he just lies because true. He, he's I, he's a very proud child. True. I just feel Uchida felt more childlike to me, like more legitimately childlike, um, just with how he acted and how he reacted and things like that. Plus, I mean, let's be honest, he had the best shirts out of all the characters. He did. He had these adorable little lion shirt and then an adorable robot shirt at the end. Best, best shirts. Uh -huh. And he's 
whenever he's running away from the bullies, yeah. he's got his running form down pat. He it's sticks like the, his arms out and goes, ah! It's like the anti-Naruto run. <laughs> Anti-Naruto. It'll slow you down if you put your hands in front of you. Yeah. But seeing as doing the Naruto run is the worst thing you can do, doing the anti-Naruto run must be the best thing you can do. Because that's logic. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it works. No, I really liked him. Um, most of the... No, I mean... I also really liked Tamamoto. I thought her reactions were very genuine and very real. Um, I feel kind of the same way about Suzuki. He plays the class rough kid and the class bully and all that. But again, it felt very much like I'm sure that if you showed this movie to any uh, grade school alt in Japan, they'd be like, oh, yeah, I know that kid. Yeah. I've got him in my class. I think I... I think I knew kids like this all my way through education and even now possibly. Yeah. So, no, I think, um, and as we said at the beginning, you spend more time with the kid characters, so you get to know them more. And Yeah, they definitely feel like real human beings, which I really liked, especially with um, Hamamoto, because from with a lot of animated movies, which I guess it could be because it's based on a novel, and a novel has a lot more chance to build sort of the characters personalities but i feel like she the fact that she wasn't just the girl and was there to kind of push the main characters like romance aspect the fact that she was a lot more than that i I really appreciated yeah and i think we have to give a lot of credit also to the director for this one just mm. because whenever you're turning a novel into a movie, it's what do you keep and what do you cut? Mm. And I have not read the novel at no, all. Neither have I. It's on my. It's on the bookshelf. Yeah. Um, but I can't really... I'm not... There's nothing that stands out as a, this is clearly missing. That must have been something in the novel that didn't make the movie. Mm. It didn't feel rushed, but it didn't feel incomplete either. Yeah. And somehow he managed to do it without needing three movies. So I don't know what Peter Jackson's <laughs> problem was. but I think also it helps that um, the director did a great job portraying emotion in the characters' expressions. So you could easily tell a lot from what the characters were thinking without them having to say it. Oh, yeah, which is great. It's like one thing that you really need in a movie, which we didn't get from a movie we watched recently. <laughs> Yeah, we've we've had some definite positives and some definite negatives in our movie watching recently, but this one is very much on the positive scale. Good. I'm glad you think so. I'm I'm I would be happy to watch it again and again and again. That's the thing. That's why one reason why I actually I got it on Blu-ray. I, I mean, I hope so because we own it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's I'm no, I don't think I'm gonna do what my mom did and watch it every day for a week, like when she first got Lilo and Stitch, but. But wasn't that because she had two boys who wanted to watch it? Or was that an excuse for her to watch it? That was an excuse for her. And Aww. it was winter break also. And it was a Christmas gift. So we can't really blame her for wanting to watch a Christmas gift. But no, um, it's really good. And it is definitely going to be something we want to rewatch. Yeah. And I definitely want to read yeah. the book in Japanese and English. And speaking of the English translation of the novel... Uh, translated by Andrew Cunningham and published by Yen Press is available now and you should totally go off and buy it. I know I've not read it, I'm going to buy it and I'm going to read it after I read the Japanese. Um, But 
I've heard nothing but good things about it. So if you're interested, go get the English novel and then go get the English Blu-ray, which I don't know if it's out yet or not. But when it comes out, get yeah, watch it. watch it when you get the chance. It's really good. It's a couple hours, but it, they're hours well spent with some gorgeous animation, fun, real, relatable characters, some fantastic movie uh, music. Mu- the music's great. Um, there's a song that kicked in over the end credits, <laughs> and it was the weirdest thing because it's got this descending line in it. And the song's playing, and I'm hearing this line going, do, do, do. I'm going, man, what is this? What is this? What do I know this from? And I'm trying to piece it together, because I swear, I keep hearing songs in anime <laughs> that sound like they're knockoffs from Western songs. <laughs> Carolyn Tuesday has that song that's a Billy Joel song, but isn't. And I'm going, what is this? What is this? What is this? And then the vocals start, and Jen starts singing. I'm like, ah, because she's been singing it all the time. I cut it, okay. It's such a good song. Doesn't it's tell by... me what it's from. Just goes, oh no, this is a Hutari Hikaru song. It's and I love Hutari Hikaru. And she sings all sorts of Hutari Hikaru. No, so I, told... I had no reason to think of anything else. And here it is in the movie. <laughs> and I'm going nuts trying to figure out what this is. And she's sitting next to me <laughs> laughing. I, I have told you it was from Peg on Highway. You just forgot. She says. I did. I just did. And I'll say it again. But anyway, yeah, go check out this movie. I think that's all all we can really cover for it. I'm actually surprised we didn't spoil as much as we could have. But if you haven't seen it, totally go watch it. I guess. And read the book. As one last thing for one other negative. Don't finish on a downer. Well, I mean... It, mm, I think... Not to give spoilers. I think the seals would have worked as seals. Okay. <laughs> the seals would have worked as seals. Yes. Okay. There are reasons they weren't, but I don't want to spoil too much more. I know. I know, but I just... Mm. Go watch the movie. Go watch and the you, movie. And you'll understand what yeah. we mean. <laughs> Go watch the movie and uh, let us know what you think about it afterwards in the comments below this episode or tweet at us at Anna Bros Creative. Uh, the comments for the episode are on our website at www.annabroscreative.com. Forward slash Otafu Susume is, I believe, the URL for our podcast you can also find our other our friends podcasts such as annie bros and real japan which looks at movie like live action movie adaptations of anime and manga and fujoshi trash which delves into the deep seedy dark side of japanese fan culture yay (laughs) anyway this has been another episode of otofususume or recommendations for my otaku spouse Uh, Thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you. And hopefully catch you in the next one.